Grace and mercy and peace be yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We consider this morning our epistle reading, those words of St. Paul, in which he describes to us our election in Christ Jesus. He begins with these words, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Dear friends in our Lord Jesus, security. The American Heritage Dictionary lists several entries to describe the word, the first two of them one word apiece. Security is defined firstly as safety. Who's going to argue with that? And if security is safety, then the second definition doesn't fall far from the tree. Confidence. Safety and confidence. Isn't that what it means to be secure? And you can articulate that in all sorts of ways, and insurance companies do. Insurance companies will want to reflect that safety and confidence that, that reflects what it means to, to be and to feel secure. There's the company that wants you to know that like a good neighbor, they'll be there, have that confidence, know the safety. A company called Nationwide advertises it's on your side so you can be confident that you've got someone on your side. Prudential. Prudential doesn't have to say much at all. It lets its rock, a long-standing symbol of strength and security, it lets its rock do its talking, speak for itself. Of course, there, there's the insurance company, too, that wants you to be sure to be sure when it tells you that and it reassures you that you're in good hands. And so, articulate security with a slogan... <laughs> Or hear it expressed in an infant's content and peaceful sigh as it rests, secure as secure can be in its mother's loving arms, whichever. And either way, you know what the dictionary means by those two words, safety and confidence. It reflects security. If we didn't know better, we might think St. Paul to be the editor of that dictionary. Why? Because St. Paul in our text speaks of security, your security, In those same terms, in terms of safety, in terms of confidence. Writing to Christians in Ephesus, Paul builds up the Christian's rightful sense of security while he simultaneously breaks down any false securities or insecurities that we so often will harbor. And he begins with these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. Who has blessed us, he puts it in the past tense. As one has well said, before we even part our lips to bless God, he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you know there's security in that. There's security in knowing that even before we would take care to call on Him or, or take care to come to Him or to confess Him or to cast our cares upon Him, even, even before it all, God's the one taking care of us. And that's exactly what St. Paul says in our epistle reading for the day. Paul writes, He chose us in Him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, Paul says, he chose us. And note well, he chose us, not the other way around. Christ said to his disciples, you did not choose me. 
I chose you, he says. Now, we may not like the sound of that. We may feel a bit more secure if we knew that we, we had a bit to do with our own establishing our relationship with God or somehow maintaining that relationship with him. But, but think about it, would we? Would we really be more confident in the end? Could we be? Consider it. If our relationship with Christ from beginning to end depended at all upon our dedication to him rather than his steadfast dedication to us, how sure could we ever really be? How confident or safe would we ever feel? As religious highs fade and spiritual zeal fizzles as it will from time to time, and you can count on that, Would we not always be rededicating ourselves to God in the earnest hope that this time the feeling which we would think would be our indication of our faith, that the feeling would somehow stay? Of course we would be. If we rested eternal security on our most earnest commitment to Him, then what would it do to our confidence? In any sense of safety, when we look around and see how poorly we keep even even the simplest commitments that we make to one another... And so take heart and find security where St. Paul does. He chose us, he writes. He chose us, but I assure you it was not because of us that he chose us, but rather despite us. Because sometimes we fabricate a bit of confidence too in, in believing that God's endeared to us or connected to us or remains so because of us because we're somehow better than the next person or because God's somehow impressed by what we do for him or what we in his name would do for someone else, it's not so. And don't let that be your security. In fact, Isaiah demolishes. He demolishes with a single phrase all false security that we would base upon our own self-worth or our own self-righteousness. When he says in a phrase, all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags, Like filthy rags, there's no security in you. No security in me, and to think so can lead and will lead to insecurity. It reminds me of of an anecdote shared by the 20th century Christian convert named Watchman Nee. Nee tells of a distressed Christian that once came to see him. And the troubled and confounded man, he said to Nee, you know, no matter how how much I pray, no matter how hard I try, I simply can't seem to be faithful enough to my Lord. And so in despair, the man concluded, I fear I'm losing my salvation. And Watchman Nee said to the troubled and the, and the very insecure man, he said, said to him, do you see this dog here? This is my dog. He's, he's house trained, my dog. He never makes a mess. He's obedient. He's a pure delight to me. And then he said, out in the kitchen, I have a son, a baby son. He makes a mess. He throws his food all around. He fouls and he dirties his clothes. He's a mess. But he said to him, who is it that's going to inherit my kingdom? It's not my dog. My son, he said, is my heir. Dear baptized, that's security. That's security. St. Paul tells us today, he chose us in Christ, having predestined us to adoption as sons 
and sons or heirs. Now, you don't choose to be a son or merit it. You can't. How do you choose to be a son? How do you earn sonship or, or achieve an inheritance? You can't. It's something that happens to you. It's given to you. Sonship, inheritance, it's all taken care of for you. It's beyond you and beyond your ability. And there's safety in that. There's safety because as you take a look at yourself and you think on your past and all the sins that have been a part of it, you're bound to ask yourself the question, how could I be a son of God, more like the prodigal son? How could I possibly be acceptable, well-pleasing to him? Well, God takes care of that too. And St. Paul supplies the answer to that question in today's text, where he says, He made us accepted. Or the text here translates it, blessed us. He made us accepted in the Beloved, in Christ Jesus. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. And so despite, despite our messes made, Despite our messes made in life, of which we repent and we should, or the messes your sins made of someone else's life, despite your fouling things up and blackening a slate that's anything but clean, despite your worst, you, by baptismal faith, are a son of God who stands by his grace to inherit the very best that God has to give. And it was all taken care of for you on the cross of Christ Jesus. Taken care of for you, I say, because you weren't there. And I wasn't there. We weren't there to commit all of our sins to him, to load them on his back, to hang them around his neck. You weren't there to decide to lay the chastisement for our peace upon him, a decision that was made before the foundation of the world. You yet were not. And yet Christ Jesus knew you well. You've heard it sung here before. Before my mother heard my crying, you knew me, O Lord. Your tears in dark Gethsemane were for me. And that's so true. His tears for you, his suffering on the cross for you, with you in mind, his triumphant cry of atonement finished. For your ears to hear time and time again. For your mind and heart to know and to rest securely thereupon. Your salvation, all of it from start to finish, taken care of for you by God. A recent poll showed that English or grammar and math tied for favorite subject among certain school students. Might be surprising to you, but it's good. It's good because both English and, or grammar and math will, will help us understand the security in Paul's words about how our salvation has been won and how it comes to us. Consider firstly the grammar, the verbs, the action words. And in particular, consider who's doing the action throughout. Throughout our text, listen to what Paul says. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He chose us. He predestined us to adoption as sons, Paul writes. He made us accepted in the beloved according to his grace, which he made abound toward us, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself 
that he might gather together in one all things in Christ. You see, God, not you and not me, but God is the active agent in it all. And the math? The math tells us that in these nine verses, God does 100% of the work. We only passively receive what he freely gives. Back to the dictionary with me. Because beyond those two single word definitions for security, safety, and confidence... The dictionary supplies another description for security. It tells us a security, a security is something deposited or given as assurance of the fulfillment of an obligation, a token of a promise kept, a promise that will be kept. Considering our eternal salvation then, is is it any wonder that St. Paul, with baptism in mind, said in our text, You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Guarantee of a promise to come. Now that's a security. Recalling that you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise that you... In that watery guarantee of inheritance, your baptism. Because you see, while you were indeed, as Scripture says, chosen before the foundation of the world, it's there at that time. And in that place, under those baptismal waters that you received, passively you received adoption as God's child, as His heir. And that's exactly how Scripture speaks. So never think of our election in Christ apart from God's means of grace. I say that's how Scripture speaks for listen to Paul and what he writes to the Romans when he says, whom he predestined, he also called. And where does he call but in baptism, in his word that creates faith. Whom he predestined, Paul says, he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified for its justification through the means of grace that is, that's applied to you personally. Whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And he will. In his time, he will. Or listen to what Paul says to the Thessalonian Christians. He writes, God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation. Through what means? Paul tells you. Through sanctification, he says, by the Spirit and belief in the truth, he chose you. Now, how is one brought to sanctification and belief in the saving truth? Paul answers it in that phrase, to which he called you by our gospel. So you see baptism, God's word creating faith within you by which he sustains it. He sustains it in you through word and his holy supper. It's these means, you see, God-given means by which God sustains belief in Christ, saving faith in Christ. And as Scripture says, whoever believes in Him shall not perish. That's its promise, but have eternal life. All who believe and are baptized shall be saved is God's promise to you. Whoever, Scripture says, calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so it's no wonder then that Luther would write what he did. It's included for you in the front cover of your Your bulletin today, at the the very end of his paragraph, he writes, He who thus insists and relies on the sacraments 
will find that his election and predestination will turn out well without any worry and effort on his part. God determined to bring you to salvation. He determined when and how, through his means of grace, he would do it. And through that word and through his supper, he's determined to keep you steadfast in it. So never forfeit your inheritance, but know that it rests in in good hands. Finally today, speaking of sure hands and good hands, the story is told of a group of botanists who went on an expedition to a hard-to-reach location in the Alps searching for new varieties of flowers. Well, one day, looking through his binoculars, one of the scientists saw a rare, beautiful species growing at the bottom of a deep ravine, but to reach it, someone would, someone would have to be lowered down into the gorge. Well, noticing a local youngster nearby, the, the head botanist asked the boy if he would help them get the flower. He explained to the boy that, that a rope would be tied around his waist, and the men then would lower him by that rope down to the floor of the canyon. Well, a bit excited and understandably, though apprehensive about the prospect of it all, the youngster, he peered thoughtfully into that chasm. And then he said, he said, wait, I'll be right back. And so off he dashed. And when he returned, he was accompanied by an older man. And approaching the head botanist, the boy said to him, I'll go over the cliff now and get the flower for you, but this man, he must hold the rope. He's my dad. How much more secure, how much more secure the hands of your Father in heaven? How much safer the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ? You can rest secure, knowing that from creation to the cross to the consummation of all things, Your salvation rests and always has and always will in the nail-pierced hands of Christ Jesus. I leave you today with a statement from our own Lutheran confessions. It's a statement, I think, of, of comfort that goes nearly unparalleled in its heartening description of this dear truth of our election in Christ. It's written this way, This teaching offers the following beautiful, wonderful comfort that God made the conversion, righteousness, and salvation of each individual Christian such a high personal concern of his and intended to remain so faithful to it that even before the foundation of the world, he resolved, and according to his own purpose, he preordained how he would bring me to salvation and preserve me in it. And likewise, He desired to guarantee my salvation so completely and certainly because it could slip through our fingers so easily through the weakness of our flesh or be snatched away by the devil and the world. For he has preordained this salvation through his eternal intention which cannot be overthrown and has placed it for safekeeping into the almighty hand of our Savior Jesus Christ from which no one can snatch you away. That's being in good hands. Security in his hands. In his name. Amen.